Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the Gospel of Mark. Today is episode 954, and we're looking at Mark chapter 7, verses 9 through 13. Let's read our passage. He also said to them, You have a fine way of invalidating God's command in order to set up your tradition. For Moses said, Honor your father and your mother. Whoever speaks evil of father or mother must be put to death. But you say, If anyone tells his father or mother, whatever benefit you might have received from me is Corban, that is, an offering devoted to God, you no longer let him do anything for his father or mother. You nullify the word of God by your tradition that you have handed down, and you do many other similar things. This is the Gospel of Mark. Mark began his gospel with the Galilean ministry of Jesus. And now we're here in chapter 7, and he's closing out this Galilean ministry. He showed Jesus teaching and healing, casting out demons, and in his teaching he was proclaiming the good news of God. His message was repent and believe. He gave many parables in his teaching. And then he had all these miracles. Many of them were healing and casting out demons, but he also saw miracles over nature, even the miraculous raising the dead. Well, he's closing out that part of the ministry now, the Galilean ministry, and he's finishing it up with this encounter with the Pharisees and the scribes. The Pharisees seem to be the local Galilean Pharisees, but the scribes are scribes from Jerusalem. Scribes are the legal experts the teachers, the ones who interpret the law of Moses. And they challenged Jesus about his disciples not washing their hands before eating. Now remember, this is about sanitary issues. This is about ritual issues. It wasn't washing your hands to clean them. It was washing your hands the right way to make yourself ritually, ceremonially clean. And it's the tradition of the elders the oral law. We saw last time when they challenged him about this, he, his answer to them back in verses 6 through 8 was, Isaiah prophesied correctly about you hypocrites, as it is written, This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. They worship me in vain, teaching his doctrines, human commands. Abandoning the command of God, you hold on to human tradition. So he challenged them about They're putting their own human tradition, the tradition of the elders, above the word of God. Now, here he's going to give an example. So we pick it up in verse 9. He also said to them, you have a fine way of invalidating God's command in order to set up your tradition. So what he's saying they're doing is they're taking this tradition of theirs, the tradition of the elders, the oral law, and they're putting it above God's commands. Now he gets specific in verse 10. For Moses said, honor your father and your mother, and whoever speaks evil of father or mother must be put to death. Well, honor your father and mother, that's one of the Ten Commandments. The first four of the Ten Commandments are how you relate with God. Then the last six are how you relate to other people. The first one listed in how you relate to other people is the honor your father and mother command. So that's one of the Ten Commandments. This is important to God. Honor your father and mother. 
We see that in Exodus 20, verse 12, repeated in Deuteronomy 5, 16. And then if you did violate that commandment, Exodus 21, 17 says, whoever speaks evil of father or mother must be put to death. And that's repeated again in Leviticus 20, verse 9. So it was so serious that to curse your father and mother was to warrant the death penalty. So Jesus lays that out and says, okay, this is what Moses said. This is what's in the Bible, in the Old Testament, in Exodus and Deuteronomy and Leviticus. This is the word of God. These are God's commands. Verse 11, but you say, if anyone tells his father or mother, whatever benefit you might have received from me is Corban, that is an offering devoted to God. Now that that is an offering devoted by God's a kind of a parenthetical statement that Mark provides to interpret what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying, okay, what you guys do is you tell your father or mother whatever benefit you might have received from me is Corban. And Mark's explained, okay, what Corban means, it's an offering devoted to God. And that's exactly what it means. Corban is a Hebrew word. It means gift or offering. It's used about 80 times in the Old Testament. It's used in Leviticus, Numbers, and Ezekiel. And it's just used simply as a word to refer to a gift or offering made to God. Simple enough. However, in their oral law, their tradition of the elders, it had taken on a whole new meaning. And it became something, the idea of a vow. You declared something Corban. So if you declared something Corban, that is, you declared it's an offering to God, it means it's now flagged as promised to be an offering to God. It hasn't been given to God yet, but it's basically been tagged with this idea that it will be given to God. So it can have no other ultimate purpose other than to be a gift to God, which in real world terms being given to the temple treasury. So if I were a wealthy person and I declared my wealth Corban, what I've said here is my wealth will be given to God. Then I could turn around and say, well, I can't help my parents in their old age. My wealth is dedicated to be given to God. It's Corban. And that vow of making something Corban is irrevocable. So I can now say, gosh, I can't take care of my parents in their old age on the way the law of Moses says I should. My stuff's dedicated to God. But then say I have a change of heart later on. And I think, you know, really, I was kind of rash in declaring my wealth to be Corban because I really do need to take care of my parents in their old age. But in order to revoke this vow I made, which is irrevocable, I'd have to go to the scribes, the experts in the law, and ask them to revoke this vow. And they would say, no, it's irrevocable. That stuff is going to go to the temple treasury someday when you die. That's the example, basically, Jesus is pointing out here. That you can use this tradition of the elders to override the command of God. The command of God is honor your father and mother. That means more than just be nice to them, respect them. It means care for them, provide for them in their old age. They become your responsibility. That is a command of God. What they've 
rigged this system where they said, well, we've got this rule here. I can declare my stuff Corbin and I can't take care of mom and dad because my wealth, my property is Corbin. And then scribes that support that vow. And that's where Jesus says in verse 12, you no longer let him do anything for his father or mother. Verse 13, you nullify the word of God by your tradition that you've handed down and you do many other similar things. So you say your tradition, the tradition of the elders, the idea of this Corbin vow, which is not in the Bible, it's something you guys have made up and declared your tradition of the elders, you're saying that supersedes the word of God, the fifth commandment. That's an example where your tradition, you've set higher than the word of God. And that last phrase in verse 13, and you do many other similar things. There's no punctuation in the original Greek, but if there were, there'd be a big exclamation mark here. Wow. And that's not all. You guys do a lot of other stuff just as bad. Hard for us to get a grip on this. We don't necessarily have rules and vows like that we can do now. I could probably come up with something if it's going on long enough, but I thought, Okay, what do we do where we basically use our traditions to override what God has clearly told us to do? And we do it. You'll probably come up with a lot if you thought about it. The first one that came to my mind was our tradition of how you're supposed to dress to come to church. If somebody shows up dressed inappropriately, we wouldn't necessarily turn them away and say, you can't come in here, although I know that has happened in some churches. But the disapproving looks and just the attitudes of people would clearly say, you don't belong here. But what was Jesus' attitude about caring for poor people who may not be able to dress good enough to go to church? It's clearly in violation of the attitude we should have for people. God clearly tells us throughout the entire Bible to care for the lowly, to look out for the downtrodden, and be welcoming to all people. Yet, I've known many people who've felt unwelcome in churches because they can't dress well enough to come to church. That's just an example where some people would elevate their tradition of how you're supposed to dress above the clear attitude that we're supposed to have based on the Word of God. So we don't have anything exactly like this Corbin idea, but the challenge Jesus is throwing at these religious people is what your legalism has driven you to, you're so desirous to follow rules. And in places where the Bible doesn't give rules, you've made up rules. And some of these rules you've made up are so nitpicky, so detailed, that in order to follow them, you actually end up violating God's rules. That's where we've got to be careful. Nothing wrong with traditions. Nothing wrong with the way we've done things before. But we've got to make sure that those don't become the end goal and we actually end up missing what God would really have us do. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through the Gospel of Mark.